Hi, everyone. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat podcast. Today, I'm joined by two people, Jim Manico, founder and trainer at Manicode Security, and Jimmy Mesta, CEO and co-founder at KSOC and CTO at Manicode Security. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having us on the show. Thanks for having us. Great that you're here. Our topic today is the future of AppSec is cloud native. Now, this is a talk that both Jim and Jimmy are doing at RSA Asia Pacific and Japan Conference 2019 at the Marina Bay Sands Hotel in Singapore. The session is on July 17th at 4.30. So we're giving a little bit of a preview here and uh, letting folks know about what you're going to be talking about. Of course, you'll do the full talk then. Uh, let's first start by having Jim and Jimmy introduce yourselves. Jim, would you start out? Certainly. Um, my name is Jim Manico. I'm the founder of Manicode Security. I'm an author, OWASP volunteer, uh, software developer, and I just love application security. You can hear that in your voice. You sure can. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> jump right in. How about to introduce yourself? All right. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Mesta. I, um, I am a founder of a, a brand new company called KSOC, uh, trying to address some, some issues around Kubernetes security and visibility. I've been doing AppSec and infrastructure security specifically for 10, 11 years now. So here, here we are. Awesome. It's excited to talk with both of, you, both of you. So the future of AppSec is cloud native. Okay. Tell us why that's the case. Give us a preview of what you're going to be talking about. For sure. I'll, I'll kick it off. So um, I, I've spent a, a number of years uh, doing defensive security, right? So uh, typical security engineering roles, AppSec engineering. Uh, I've watched DevOps uh, uh, come and go and, and transformations uh, being attempted to be made throughout a number of organizations. And uh, there's a lot of friction at times between development, operations, security, uh, hence our, our lovely uh, acronym that we love to throw around in the community called DevSecOps. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've spent a lot of time in this space uh, with Jim as well uh, in you know in in the classroom as well as hands on uh, you know it, you know in the weeds with these new technologies and and seeing how they've changed our worldview on what application security is and how that either plays nicely or or doesn't play at all with with these new uh, cloud native uh, technologies. So this talk will be you know, a, a mix of, of lessons learned, uh, observations after being, you know, on site with hundreds, if not thousands of software developers and infrastructure folks uh, talking specifically about, you know, my near near and dear passion that is Kubernetes and Kubernetes security, uh, but everything in between uh, and the whole cloud native stack and how AppSec is kind of getting swallowed up by, by this new space. All right. Well, Jimmy, jump in. Your perspective on this? I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> no, no problem. No, there's there's Jim. a Jim and a Jimmy. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think cloud native development technologies, these are obviously here to stay. It radically transforms the culture of how people write software, how applications are built. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to push it back to Jimmy. The big question I have is, is we have this, this battle between Kubernetes and I think between like serverless technologies. Which one do you think, so my, I, want, I want to throw it back to Jimmy. So Jimmy, where do you think serverless technology comes into play when it comes to Kubernetes? And what do you think Kubernetes long-term survival is? What, what, what's special about Kubernetes that is going to 
leave it within the, the different tools that developers use to do cloud native development as opposed to other technologies that are competing with it? That's what I, I'm going to throw it back to Jimmy. That's my question. Yeah, no, I'm happy to address that. Um, I totally agree. Serverless is, is also here. It's also a, a very hot topic. Um, the security around each of those technologies, Kubernetes or serverless, uh, kind of differs. But I think Kubernetes, as far as my observations have gone, um, we've kind of had this evolution five, five years ago, maybe now, where everyone was uh, preaching the, you know, we must write our applications to run using Docker, right? Or some sort of container technology. Sure. So that, that, that started um, this big shift towards rapid, a rapid SDLC, the ICD artifact, uh, the, the, the deployment of an artifact that could be built and shipped, you know, within seconds, um, minutes or seconds, uh, you know, from, from pushing to a Git repository. So it's kind of started with containers and that helped us move faster and then when did that happen? When did when did Docker really start to take off and and change change development? Was that like ten years ago, five years ago? When do you think when do you think Docker really took foot took a foothold? I mean, in my observations, where I was working, and these are companies that were kind of experimenting and and with you know bleeding edge uh, air quotes, if you will, technologies. It was probably five to six years ago where yeah, people gotcha. said people said, "Hey, Docker." Now I'm going to buy into this. This is the future. And now we're seeing that catch up kind of happen in larger, uh, larger enterprise organizations. Yeah, so, Docker was all the jam about what 2013, 15, yeah. 14, somewhere around yeah. that time frame. It, yep. Still, it, is. is there is there pushback against Docker? Is like is Docker like not? It, it was the promise too much. Is it? Are people pulling away from it? Like what? What's the downside to the Docker revolution, if there is any? Um, well, of course, in those days, there was pushback because anything new is scary and more work and security wasn't positive that this was a good thing, right? We're sharing the kernel of a host operating system versus building carved out virtual machines where we get our you know warm and fuzzy safe place that is a virtual machine with our own kernel. So there's, there's for sure still pushback, um, but I think that the ecosystem has evolved so much, um, including the security of Docker. It's been hammered over the past five, six years and CVEs, have, we've seen them sprout out and we're still going to see that, uh, but we're seeing the pushback is less and less now. I mean, even at some of the, 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 the largest kind of uh, ancient companies, if you will, that, that move pretty slow, uh, Docker is, you know, you get the, who uses Docker here in the beginning of class uh, when we're out teaching, and it's it's always 50% or more of the room in some capacity. So uh, I think the pushback has has faded, um, and now we're looking for ways to take a Docker image or, or running container and, and orchestrate it. Right, that's where Kubernetes comes into the picture. Yeah, I think we owe a lot to Docker. I mean, uh, Docker, oh, Chef. Yeah. All of that was really kind of what started this, uh, some of the tools behind DevOps. So I want to get back to your premise that AppSec, that that's, that's the future of security as cloud na native. Tell me why that AppSec is, is, is the future. Why is that changing security 
for all of our how we construct uh, contemporary applications. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll take a stab at that, and I'll, I'll ask Jim a couple questions too, because he's been doing AppSec and been in front of developers for a long time now. Um, so for me, uh, it's a few things. There's I actually have a couple notes here. It's a uh, number one. It starts with the infrastructure, the place that your application source code is running is is vastly different now. Um, cloud native technologies don't don't look like our traditional virtual machine or, or kind of bare metal infrastructure that we used to have. So if you the don't- serverless architecture is different, right? Serverless, Docker, um, queuing systems, like cloud native is much more than, you know, serverless is, a, is just a small component. Piece of it. it's, yeah. it's, it's service meshes, it's uh, tracing, it's debugging, it's how do, we, how do we handle, you know, how does our application handle retries and, and the, or, how does it handle auto scaling? So the way we architect our applications is different, right? We don't have this just, you know, big beefy box that, you know, application just runs on. And when we need more uh, compute power, we just buy another box. Um, if you use cloud native technologies, it just really changes how your systems look. And if you ignore where your application's running or how you're going to secure it, um, you're either going to, run into vulnerability kind of security issues uh, and we could talk about that too or you're just not utilizing or, or taking advantage of some of these really you know promising features you know auto scaling type features serverless systems um, build systems etc so um yeah and, you know from, from from a developer point of view the the thing that's changed the most for for my world is is that i used to build apps to a certain standard and I would kick it over the fence to infrastructure and they would deploy it and all would be well. Mm. And as the shift goes to really these, these bleeding edge cloud native technologies, my code is now infrastructure. I'm now, I'm no longer depending on a third entity to deploy my code, to handle setting up my infrastructure. I am now as a developer, I am the infrastructure. Now my code that I check into GitHub, my YAML files, that's my entire infrastructure now which is, frankly, that's daunting. That, that's a lot of responsibility put into my hands as developer. And you know, every line of configuration I build directly impacts the, the security of the systems that I'm building. I think that culture change is, is dramatic and still ongoing within the world of, of software engineering. We're still mm -hmm. trying to get it right. Let me ask you, so anytime there's a new generation or a turnover of technology and we, we construct and build things differently, one of the issues you often run into is trying to build things the old way, but in the new tools. How do you avoid doing that so that you're truly taking advantage of uh, Docker and containers or Kubernetes and all the infrastructure that goes with it instead of trying to write old um, stateful applications that, you know, assume make certain assumptions around the infrastructure. Let, let, let me take a swing at this one and I'll pass it to Jimmy, but I love being a software engineer. I've been writing code professionally almost 30 years now. And the, the thing that I laugh about is that I got hired to build an accounting system in mainframe. Then I got hired to build the same exact piece of software in client server, in web 1.0, in web 2.0, in mobile. Now I have to secure it all. It's like I'm writing the same software in every major technology stack. What a great job. Now that aside, uh, wow, what was the question? Let's go back to the actual question. What was the question? The question the qu was question is how do you how do you 
kind of redesign your thinking so you're building apps in this in a new contemporary way using the tools of this generation and not trying to rebuild it the old way with just new tools. A, a few quick bits on that is that when you're building to say Kubernetes and you're building to the pod standard, you have to completely redesign your code. You can't just take a monolithic old school service-based API and slam it into Kubernetes. You're defeating the whole point of why you use Kubernetes. So instead you wanna break down your application into basically what people call microservices mm -hmm. and understand and have those communicate together well, have those different services scale completely differently within the same infrastructure. And it's a absolutely different way of writing code. So when people are taking these old monoliths or old web apps and migrating them to newer technologies, yeah, I guess some of that code can be can be rescued and reused, but really have to rethink development. You really have to write write applications to an entirely different infrastructure standard, which which is usually a rewrite as you migrate to new technologies mm -hmm. if you want to get the benefit of of moving to something like Kubernetes. Okay, good. Thanks, Jim. Uh let's let's paint the scenario now of Let's say I'm a security person, security engineer, you know, leader of a security organization, and I'm going to this talk at RSA and I'm hearing the future of AppSec is cloud native. How do you convince a security person, not another developer, uh, but someone from a security group that this is how it works, this is why it's secure, um, here's what you need to look at so you're gonna feel comfortable about it, understanding some of these things, maybe even the security team doesn't directly control themselves anymore. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. So, um, you know, I think you mentioned how do you or maybe how do you convince somebody that this is secure? Uh, I, I hopefully by the end of the talk, that's not the takeaway. Um, I, I found just over the years, like you could build a, cl a cloud infrastructure that is, you know, free of major vulnerabilities, or at least on the scale of being secure. Not uh, it is it is hardened. You've done the right things, but I think. You know, as I've learned over the past couple of years, seeing these transformations happen is that it's easy to mess this stuff up and it's really a lot to learn. So um, for me, just understanding the intricacies and the details around Kubernetes defaults without doing anything right without just I want a cluster. Here's my options. I spin one up. Here's my Docker. Um, container and I'm running it now in this you know containerized environment. So what a what do I have to worry about from a security perspective? And it's completely different than just basic, you know, operating system security. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. a lot of different moving pieces that are not fully understood even by the best of the best, right? So you add that plus the, the complexities of public cloud offerings, right? Identity and access management um, in general is not easy, right? And also, a lot of the security tooling that has existed in the past that we've leaned pretty heavily on in AppSec um, and as well as infrastructure and network security, it doesn't, you can't just point it at a, a highly containerized modern environment and hope that you're going to get the same results that you did in the past. Um, Kubernetes has, you know, tens, of, you know, dozens of ports open by default that just have to be there. So how do we, how do we educate people on, I'm like, well, so this one's okay. This one's okay when it has authentication. 
and this one's really bad. You don't never want it open to the internet, right? So there's all these things that um, Kubernetes kind of abstracts out of the way, as well as other cloud native technologies that that I, will come back to haunt you later, um, unless you educate yourself uh, early. So that would be my my message to, you know, any decision maker or you know kind of security professional attending is, hey, we, there's there's a certain amount of leveling up we need to do in our entire industry to get on board with this stuff and make sure that we are you know, adapting our tool sets or building new tools or just generally hiring people who have this intimate knowledge of, of cloud environments or you're going to be left in the dust. Mm -hmm. When you asked that question, I was, I was like, I immediately like took a step back away from Jimmy because I know that he could, I, I thought his head was going to pop. I know he could answer <laughs> that question for like, 20 hours nonstop and he still answered. So that, you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I like about your answer, Jimmy is um, th there's so much to be learned, but also so much to be shared from what people are doing in cloud native applications and, and these modern architectures. And part of what I heard you say is the developer community it's super important that it is a community that they're working together, sharing, learning from each other, et cetera, is, is kind of the state of the arts being advanced. It's not just downloading the latest tool, it's learning from the community. And the corollary to that is, you know, from my perspective, both from software, but also from security, security's often been sort of from the outside in when it comes to applications and security. Yes, you have authentication. Uh, we do vulnerability scanning on the services. We monitor the network. What ports do you have open? But you really need to, I think you're saying, is you really start to need to learn some of the cloud native tools and technologies. Be comfortable with that as a security person. So as you're reviewing these architectures and what's being built or has been built, it's not just a sort of look at it from the hard exterior shell of, a, of the M&M. You kind of have to look at the chocolate too and understand how it's working. Is that what you're saying? Am I getting it? Exactly, yeah. Um, and, a, and a concrete example of that um, would be talking about Istio, uh, Envoy Proxy. So Istio is a service mesh that pe you know people often like to explore implementing inside of Kubernetes because it has a lot of of great security promises. Um, there's all, you know, there's all sorts of, of uh, kind of policy-based um, rules uh, that you can build into it. And it's great, right? It has, it checks a lot of boxes for security teams. And, mm -hmm. uh, but it is over 5,000 lines of YAML that you need wow. to install this thing, right? And it's not like a straightforward task. If you just read the, you know, the headlines about a service mesh architecture, you're like, this is great, you know, mutually authenticated uh, uh, microservices inside of my cluster, and I get all this, you know, certificate management, all this stuff out of the box. But as we we're seeing, like, there's not a lot of eyes on this from the security perspective, because a lot of people don't understand it. So recently, there was a path traversal bug inside of Envoy Proxy um, has its CVE 9901 and it's basically like a dot dot slash path traversal bug that we figured out a really long time ago in the security world, right? It's that's not a uh, that's not something that, that the Nginx hasn't hasn't figured out 15 years ago, but this is the kind of stuff we're going to start seeing surfacing inside of Kubernetes, inside of service mm -hmm. meshes, serverless, you name it, because it's new and we're 
we're just putting all our eggs in, in this basket and, and ignoring the, the underlying plumbing. So um, that's kind of what the talk gets at, right? It's like, yes, embrace this new world. It's going to help you in the long run, but let's, let's not forget our roots and our, and our basic, uh, our basic senses as we start just picking and choosing off this menu, this little a la carte menu now of, of uh, AWS or G GCP, it doesn't matter. We could just click a few things and we're running this really complex system. And I, you know, I just want to make sure people, you know, just take a step back. That's all. Well, gentlemen, I think you've done a very thorough job of at least whetting our appetite to come to this talk. Um, I'm certainly very interested and want to hear more. Wish you the best of luck. Just a reminder to our listeners, the talk is the future of AppSec is cloud native. This is at RSA uh, in Singapore on July 17th at 4.30 p.m. I'd like to thank Jim Manico, founder of Manico Security, and Jimmy Mesta, CEO and co-founder of KSOC, CTO of Manico Security. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Mitchell. Thanks so much. Hope to see you in Singapore. And I'd like to thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us as always. This is Mitch Ashley with DevOps.com. You've listened to another DevOps chat. Thank you for joining us. Be careful out there.